0: And time once again on a Saturday in CCO land when we have a bit of a wine chat with our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. We have another friend that we're going to chat with, and that's Ted Farrell this morning. Hi, Ted. Long, long time no talk.
1: Yeah, how you been, Danny? How's your summer?
0: And summer's going too quick, too quickly. Like. They always seem to, but it's, it's uh, we were just talking a, a bit ago about State Fair. Just a matter of days away, it, it comes up rather quickly. Say, Ted, befo- be- that's it, three weeks. Before uh, you get into some meat and potatoes about uh, our wine chat, I've been getting a couple of text messages and phone calls, too, as a matter of fact, about uh, the fires in California, and they wanted me to ask you if, uh, if you have heard, you know, if that's changing uh, the wine industry at all because of these nasty fires
1: well they are taking more and more precautions and kind of developing more fire breaks right now the current batch of fires are a little bit further north out of the wine country that we're very used to you know redding's a little bit further north but you are hearing about some uh, fires starting up in the mendocino county which is the county that's north of sonoma and napa i mean they share a border and uh that's kind of scary that's still a little bit further north of the wine country but A lot of the things that they are doing are, you know, kind of what we do here is you develop some fire breaks, so hopefully you can do it. But some of these fires, I don't know what you could do, because, I mean, these are, you know, something out of the Bible as far as the torrid. You know, it's like a a tsunami of flame. It's really
0: true. Nasty. Well, we wanted to just briefly touch on that. What what else can we talk about today?
1: Well, you know, we are talking about the uh, quote-unquote dog days of summer, and August can be such a hot and sticky month. So we always talking about, you know, terrific wines to have in these dog days of summer when it's really hot, you know, it's really muggy. you know, what to serve, what to serve. And generally, you want to maybe tone your wines down as far as a, the weight and the volume of the wine. So move away from a heavy Chardonnay and move into something lighter, you know, maybe even something lower in alcohol and especially something that receives a chill very well. You know, sometimes I uh, did a taste test a little while back of a Chardonnay, and it was one was over, over iced, and one was at room temperature, and everybody loved the room temperature. And then I pulled the big reveal that actually it was the same wine, and people thought it was a completely different wine because Chardonnay locks up. So you want a wine that accepts the chill. You know, you can put it at the bottom of the ice chest and really go at it. So one of my favorite ones in the summer comes from the Loire Valley. You know, that beautiful river right in the central of France stretches uh, pretty much almost through the whole country. Beautiful area, and it's called the Sommer. The Solmer is uh, named after the town in which it comes from. Uh, it's you know, a little bit, oh, my geography would be bad if it's east of, no, it's a little west of Tours, but it's a great little wine. And the neat thing about this, it's made from Chenin Blanc. Chenin Blanc's a great varietal that most of us are very familiar with, from the wine, Vouvray that we always love to tout around the holiday season. Uh, and those, everyone knows that Vouvray because it's a little bit sweeter and it has a little bit uh, more sugary content from Vouvray. But the, the Chenin Blanc that comes from Saumer is very dry. It's very crisp. So that makes it a very light and refreshing wine. Again, it's a little bit lower in alcohol. But more importantly, it receives uh, that, that ice, you know, chilling it down, it's just a wonderful wine. So if you're sitting there just kind of on the porch, and our friends in California love to call them porch pounders or just summer sippers, sippers the sau is very good. And then also, if you think that's too light, a little bit further down the Loire Valley, uh, we have this wonderful one called Touraine, and that's actually from the town of Tours. Beautiful old uh, medieval village that overlooks the river. Uh, now this is comprised of Sauvignon Blanc. Now, the Loire Valley is probably the the epicenter of Sauvignon Blanc. Yes, we talk about the New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc and everybody else up in California are getting into them, but the Loire wine makers have really, truly perfected the expression of Sauvignon Blanc from where it comes from, whether it's a Sancerre or, or these tours. And again, this one is a little bit green, a little red pepper, but very herbaceous. Uh, it takes that chill well. So this, if you're doing some salads or some shellfish, shellfish enjoying the lovely day, credit yeah, trying to get away from some of this thick heat.
0: You know, maybe later
1: on down, if you're at the state fair, to swipe home some cheese curds. This would be brilliant with that. It's just real crisp, nice a little bit of acidic finish on the back, but it's a light, refreshing wine, and that's what you really want when it gets real, real sticky and hot. is something that's going to refresh you, not weigh you down and make you too heavy. What, uh,
0: what role would, I'm thinking about the different whites uh, I've tasted, uh, and in fact, a, a couple of times, a year I'll get from Haskell's a white Burgundy. Where, where does that fit into the structure?
1: Well, now see, white Burgundy is always, except for a very, very small exception called bourgogne L Cote, always Chardonnay. So the, all those wines, whether it's a Poulini Montrachet, Corton Charlemagne, or just a bourgogne Blanc, it's a hundred percent Chardonnay. And but the only kind of interesting thing. What the Burgundians do, and a lot of winemakers are slowly developing and uh, attaining to, is the expression of oak in which they get. So, a lot of Burgundian Chardonnays maybe only get, oh, to 30 percent brand new French oak. It's the inexpensive stuff. Oak, you know, we learned on our trips that an oak barrel costs pretty near a $1,000, if not more, depending who made it. And so, that can kind of get expensive. So, what you're seeing in uh, lesser areas, whether it's Burgon Chard or Hapcote de Nuit, Hapcote de, de Bone, they don't use as much oak. They use more neutral oak. So those Chardonnays drink a little bit lighter. So a Burgon Chard would be a terrific summer wine because it isn't that heavy, oaky, buttery, you know, you need a chainsaw to cut through all the oak in it. It's a light refreshing wine. But per- personally, I kind of like those lighter grape varietals uh, and all that. And then, you know, can't be remiss to love and talk about little bit of rosé these days because I oh, yeah. really love rosé. One of our favorites that we just got in uh, is uh, a wonderful little one from the, the Côte d'Ironne region. Now, you know, most people know like uh, the south of France, the Provence region. Maybe even some people know oh. to but Côte Rhône makes some wonderful rosé white, and those are kind of built on the Grenache grape. And Grenache is one of the most widely planted uh, grape varieties throughout the entire world. But this one in particular is one of our favorites. We've carried this red and white uh, brother and sister for years and years and years. And it's just a, uh, a very crisp, refreshing. it's says Chateau Angerville Cote de Rome rose. And we've seen the Chard or the, their white wine, their red wine. The red wine it's terrific, it's terrific if they're going to do barbecue. But there's something about this rose. It's complex, it's light, it's very refreshing. And again, like we were saying before, this takes a chill very well, where if you get. You know, bury that into the, the bottom of the ice bucket, you know, crack open the bottle and just sit and savor the day. I mean, that's the really interesting thing about that Grenache grape. There's a little bit of more body, a little bit fuller get your, uh, fruit tones to it. And it's a wonderful life just to, you know, if you're going to grill a chicken breast or, again, if you're just going to curl up and read a book on the patio, it's a terrific rosé to entertain with.
0: Did you ever, in your wildest dreams, in all the years you've been in the uh, business, uh, uh, seen so, so many rosés available?
1: Well, they're like mushrooms after a rainstorm <laughs> now. Yeah. Everybody just keeps on popping up. But somebody who is such a, you know, for years, a staunch red wine maker, and, you know, there's wines that, you know, their first job is to be, the most important job of a red wine is to be red. Uh, you know, you're seeing those kind of diehard folks start making rosés just because, you know, it, when you make it well, uh, they're, they're, it kind of, it, it's the best of both worlds. It drinks like a white wine. You get some flavoration of a uh, red wine. And so when they're made well, you know, you know something's pretty good where you're just enjoying it. It goes so well with so many things. Um, yeah, it, it's terrific. And I wouldn't believe it. You know, granted, 15 years ago, it was all the sweet blush wines, the white Zinfandel, white Merlot, white Cabernet, you know, there was still a pink craze going on, but it was a real, real sweet pink craze. And now everyone's kind of going back to the way they were and the way they're supposed to be made, where they're on the drier side. Yeah. Very refreshing, very crisp. And it's it's fun to see, though. You know, I, I enjoy it. You know, as a, as a guy monitoring SKUs at certain times, it can drive one crazy because they just like every day there's a new rose <laughs> being presented to us. But, but, you know, it makes life interesting, Denny.
0: I like your attitude. <laughs> Before we run out of time, we had a text, too, and I wanted to ask you, kind of backing up a little bit, about chilling these whites or, for that matter, the rosés that you're talking. What what temperature are we talking about, serving temp, anyway?
1: Well, the serving temp, you know, very depending, more importantly, really, is what the temperature is outside. So if we are one of those, you know, typical August days, and it's, you know, 96 with humidity to match, on something like that, you can almost bury those down into the ice chest, and you can even get them down into the, you know, the the, the 50s as far as temperature is concerned. Uh, you can definitely serve them at a little bit warmer temperature, like above cellar temperature in about the 68, but the like the great thing about the saumere and the, uh, the tourade is the fact that you can really get those ice cold, and you still get the flavoration in and that crisp vicinity will kind of cut through all that heavy chill where some wines just lock up.
0: Well, Ted, you always have some great ideas, especially for this time of year. And uh, we mentioned about the state fair and the dog days of summer. But if you want to find any of the, the wines that, uh, that Ted was talking about today, you just stop in at any one of the Haskell's locations. In fact, you've tell them what you're going to be serving, and uh, they'll be sure to help you pair it with, with what's perfect.
1: You are correct, Danny. We might not be able to make the meal for you, but we could definitely make it special by selecting the right wine that would make, uh, everything a-okay and especially, and more importantly, at the right prices. Haskell have been doing it since 1934 here, right here in Minneapolis and we're doing it, we're doing it, uh, further down the road and we have 12 metro locations serving throughout the metro area. We have a Haskell in downtown Minneapolis. We also have a Haskell out in Minnetonka. Right, in Highlands Village in St. Paul. We also have the Haskells down in Bloomington. And then we have, if you're out on the lake on some of these dog days, swing by our Haskells in downtown Excelsior. Or if you're out on the river, stop by Haskells in uh, Stillwater. But then there's all sorts of other Haskells, whether it's White Bear Lake, Woodbury, Faribault, if you're headed down south, Janhass in Plymouth. And also, you could always swing by our big super store up in Maple Grove if you're headed north uh, to go up to a cabin to get rid- away from all this stuff. And if that's not enough, you could always hit com, where we're open 24-7 to take care of it, or you could just go to WCCO backslash wine, and the folks at Haskells would take care of any of your wine needs.
0: Sounds mighty fine. One quick question from a texter uh, about Sauvignon Blanc. Why is it – let's see if I can read this. Why is it the New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs – have a hint of a grapefruit.
1: Terroir, terroir, terroir. Location, location, location. And it's just the soils that are down there and the actual climate with a little bit more mountainous area. And it's the same grape varietal, uh, but it's, just a, it's the location in which it comes from. All right,
0: very good. Well, Ted, great ch- chatting with you, and uh, let's hope we can uh, swing another Sonoma trip next year. We'll have to talk about that, huh?
1: Well, uh, I think so. It, it definitely over a couple of uh, Savio blunts and, and <laughs> some barbecue. I think
0: I'm. I'll be calling you in about ten minutes. All right. Ten four. Thanks, Dad, Ted. Ted. Uh, Ted Farrell from uh, Haskell's on this Saturday morning, filling in for Dad Jack.